We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Enterprise Bank member FDIC. I have reported to the show this week after being absent oh. and holding out on Thursday. I'm back. To see you and Maddie Lane, Craig Stout. What's good? It, everything's good. This this is weird. Why'd you go out of order? I don't I don't like this. Yeah. I liked it I better even when know. you weren't here. Did he even go out of order, or did he just leave it open ended to see which one of us is going to take the bait? I don't know. I think I don't know. The, hey, look, the, I extended an offer to both of you, and we'll see if either of you accept it. I don't. I don't. I need at least $30 million to show up to this podcast this year. So rejected. (laughs) Thank you to everybody that's hanging out with us and happy training camp to all of you. I am so excited to be here to be talking about real football things and football happenings and storylines that are already beginning to surface in St. Joseph, Missouri. It's going to be a lot of fun today hanging out with Maddie Lane and Craig Stout. You heard them both. Hi. Hello, Maddie. How are we? You know, I am I am doing great. Training camp is here. We have gotten past the dry months of football, and we it is time. We are here for a for a nice, fun. <laughs> if you're at St. Joe, probably a little wet with sweat. Football talk. Craig, on, Kit. hi. I, I listen, man. I I already said my intro. Thirty million dollars. That that that's what it's going to take for me to contribute in this week's podcast. That's oh, it. Oh, yeah. Well, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to discuss all that. There's so much happening, <laughs> and there's so much that's gone on with this whole Chris Jones saga the last few days. Chris Jones has not reported to training camp. Everybody knows that by now. You know, starting to see you know little bits and pieces of the overarching kind of narrative and framework uh, of the conversation for the Chris Jones stuff. So, um, reportedly, far apart are Chris Jones and the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Uh, reportedly, Chris Jones is seeking $30 million. Also reportedly, per Andy Reid from the podium, a little bit surprised that Chris Jones has chosen to not arrive at training camp with the rest of his teammates. Um, you know, it's only been a few days, but I'll start with you, Maddie. How concerned about this whole Chris Jones situation are we at this point? Seems a little bit chaotic the last few days. Um, feels a little, you know, just like the, the storylines and the positioning doesn't seem great. I'm, it, does, it doesn't give me the warm fuzzies exactly. So what am I, what am I being concerned over? Am I being concerned over him not playing football this year? Zero percent because he loses a lot of money if he starts holding out through games. So I have no concerns that he's going to come out and play football this year and play to the absolute best of his ability because, well, that makes it a contract year for him. And he wants to put out the best tape he can going into a contract year. So zero concerns that he does not play football this year. Obviously, it's most likely for the Chiefs. So no concerns in that regard. A long-term contract situation I wouldn't say I'm concerned, but I think there's enough stuff now to maybe have doubts as a fan if a long-term deal gets done this offseason before the season starts, or maybe at all. I And I'm going to build the case later on. Uh, we're going to get through this part first of why the Chiefs may not extend or, you know, extend Chris Jones for longer. And so, like, I do think there is a chance that the odds of that happening are getting increasingly higher, but I don't think there's any football-related concerns this year, no matter what happens. Yeah, Chris Jones is playing week one, period. Like, I don't – anybody who's <laughs> sitting here being like, oh, man, like, we – what are we going to do without Chris Jones this year? He's playing week one, and he's playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't see an avenue where they either trade him because at this point, like, the assets that you would get back for a Chris Jones this late in the offseason and then somebody to absorb the cap hit that comes with it is massive teams just don't have that amount of money lying around not very many of them do certainly and two he is the most important piece to this defense right now absolutely the most important piece the chiefs want him here he will be here week one i'm with maddie i'm not saying that a long-term contract is absolutely going to happen or anything like that but he will play in the 2023 2024 season Every single game. This is not going to be a holdout. He is making $19.5 million in a base salary this year. That is doled out game by game. Chris Jones wants every penny of that $19.5 million. This isn't like a signing bonus where you've got like a million dollar base salary like he did in year two where you're just like, okay, well, my game checks are going to be a little bit light, but I got the big signing bonus up front. No. These are game checks. These matter to him in a big, big way. And as it stands right now, the only thing that he's losing out on by not being at camp, short of the fines, is a $500,000 workout bonus. That's it. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't think that this is a big deal. I think he's going to be there week one. As a matter of fact, I think he's going to be here in the middle of training camp. We can get into the rest of this here, but as far as this year goes, he's absolutely unequivocally playing for the Kansas city chiefs. All right. So I will be livid if Chris Jones is not playing week one for the Kansas city chiefs, as far as like, and I, I think the chances of that happening are 100, like 99.999%. Like he is 100% going to be playing in week one. I 
it would not make any sense whatsoever. Like there's there's no trading Chris Jones in 2023. I think that's crazy. If you are far apart on a contract, you can have the conversation about perhaps moving on from Chris Jones after this season. And we can get there in a second. But it's just kind of funny to me that, you know, this we, we are coming off the year where Chris Jones puts it together in a big, big way. He's always been an exceptional, elite, disruptive interior pass rusher. I think you saw him make market improvement in every facet of his game last season. Obviously, you know, with a career high in sacks, but also how he played the run, the consistency with playing the run, you know, the gap integrity that he played with relative to what we've seen him in the in years past. He put together an absolutely phenomenal year. And to the point where, you know, I, I think it's just, it, it's so clear cut that there's a desire for all of us to see this man get paid and be assigned to an extension in Kansas City for a long time. But I am getting a little nervous. And it's funny because I don't know, like, you know, I I don't know if I was, there was, there was enough concerns the last time around with this whole, this, this whole conversation about, you know, Chris Jones and his extension and he got paid and I'm glad the Chiefs paid him. But man, it's it, it, there's there's enough things here that you could see the other side of, you know, how as much time as we've spent this offseason go, he's going to get paid, he deserves to get paid, the Chiefs should pay him. There is a other side to this. There is. There's an other side to this whole you know, conversation that you can frame up to justify maybe not and when i before i say all this i think we're all on the same page we want chris jones to get paid right like i we've we've maintained that this mm -hmm. entire offseason i think it's probably too you know yeah craig definitely maddie maybe the line of 30 million dollars no but i mean like i think he should get paid i hope he gets paid i hope he gets 30 million dollars i don't know if i think the chiefs should be the ones who throw 30 million dollars per year I at him Let's no, talk should, about it then. They should pay him. Just not that much money. And if that's what's going to take, <laughs> then maybe we have a fun conversation next year. Let's do it. Let's let's talk about, let's just talk about it, Matty. Oh, I mean, like, here it is. Here's the case for why you don't pay an interior defensive lineman who's about to be, or who's 29 years old to $30 million a year. Uh, defensive tackles aren't good after the age of 30. They just simply are not very good. That's about 30, 31 is when all your best defensive tackles of all time have their fall off. This past year was Aaron Donald, the best defensive player I've ever seen play. The best defensive tackle, bar none, hands down, 31. Granted, he was injured, but this was the first year where he, quote unquote, falls off. Chris Jones plays better than him. I, mean, I think that's objectively true, but Aaron Donald's age and injury, which you can't completely rule out his age playing a part in that, is part of that reason. You go look at other guys that have been dominating the league at defensive tackle recently. Fletcher Cox falls, starts falling off around age 30, and Damakong Su becomes a mercenary for playing for teams for one to two years right around the age of 30. Even going back to Warren Sapp, fell off around age 30. Granted, he had like a random 10-sack year with the Oakland Raiders at like 35 years old for no reason, but everything else from 30 to then was just okay. So if you're going to pay Chris Jones that much money on his at this point in his career, you're going to have a couple years in there where you're paying a guy that historically his position group at that age isn't going to perform at the same level he just did this past year. I think that's where it starts. And then you go look at the team like the Chiefs, who have always been hesitant to play players that are in the middle of or coming up on the end of their prime. 
Chris Jones is at the end of a defensive tackles prime. 29 is by definitely the end of a defensive tackles prime for the NFL, for their production and where their peak output is. So the Chiefs would be kind of going back on what Brett Veach's kind of mantra or what he's done in the past of not paying guys at any position, but especially a position that has a lower age drop-off that much money. I am not saying they're not going to do it. I am not saying that I don't think it should be entertained. They shouldn't sign Chris Jones, but you want to have the conversation for why the Chiefs would be hesitating to do it. Defensive tackles aren't good when they get to this age. They're just not consistently good. I mean, it's pretty cut and dry unless you're talking about Reggie White from the 90s who was dominant forever, apparently. I will say this. I, I don't disagree with it. Historical data will point you towards not paying players over the age of 28 in general. Like there are very few positions that you can do that. And Brett Veach has by and large in his tenure in the, as the Kansas City Chiefs GM drawn a hard line over paying you know, guys that are over that age. The guys that he has are the Mitchell Schwartzes, the Travis Kelseys committing to Patrick Mahomes for that long. Again, quarterback is different, certainly. I think Chris Jones can easily fall in that category. I really, truly do. Because he's 29 this year. They don't have a ton of extra money invested in the defensive line right now. I mean, they are used to carrying two massive defensive line contracts. They can certainly restructure Chris's contract make something that makes sense here. I can see this as a deal with a lot of fluff where they can get out of it in two, three, four years. Basically when he's talking about 31, 32, the reason that I am so willing to pay Chris Jones this time, even more so than the last time I was maybe one of those guys that was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. His commitment and buy into the system is so much mm -hmm. different. It was back then. I think everybody will remember the last holdout. This man was talking about, hey, Le'Veon Bell told me that I need to hold out. Maybe I just don't play at all this year. He was tweeting stuff like that. That was out there. He was threatening to hold out through the season. This is a different guy. He knows that he's due a new deal. He knows that the Chiefs don't want him to play play on a $28 million cap hit this year. They can certainly clear some space there. And then on top of that, he did everything he was asked to last year. He was not sack hunting. He was not blowing assignments. He was not doing some of the things that we saw earlier in his career. He was very disciplined, very committed to it, showed the makings of a true leader. And those are the guys that the Chiefs love to go out and reward. So yes, to totally quickly interject though, I will say you mentioned earlier the positions the Chiefs have played have paid older players, Mitchell yes. Schwartz, Travis Kelsey, positions where the elite players have had success beyond 30. They have. You look at your Correct. best tight ends, Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Shannon Sharp, Jason Witten, everyone besides Gronkowski, whose body just fell apart. They mm -hmm. played well, very well into their mid-30s. And then at offensive tackle, we have guys like Whitworth. Trent Williams is still the best offensive tackle in the league, right? So just, I will say those positions have held up a lot better than defensive for tackles sure. have for their longevity. Sorry, Kit. No, for that, sure. That, that's Falcons legend, Tony Gonzalez. We're going to take a break. I have a lot of thoughts about this Christian situation right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Tucker Franklin has a new KCSN update at 9 o'clock. Make sure you check that out. Uh, it'll be immediately following this. It is going to be awesome. That dude is absolutely crushing it right now. He's covering everything at St. Joseph. It is going to be very good. So make sure you're checking that out. Please feel free to hit that like button, subscribe button, leave a five-star review. Those help us if it's on Spotify or uh, on iTunes, whatever. It helps us grow KC Sports Network. Oh, man. Chris Jones. I... All right, so the thing things that terrify me about not signing Chris Jones because I, I I I'm going I'm going on both sides. The Chiefs don't have a blue chip defender like Chris Jones. They don't have a blue chip player like no. There's not many teams that do. And so yes, I I'm like the idea of just going away from a guy like this is scary. It's a scary proposition. Um, and that's like, I think what everything is rooted in. And it's also the idea of, you know, Chris, you know, Patrick Mahomes talks about his contract and he talks about, you know, making sure to keep good players around him. is not, not that, you know, Chris Jones needs to have all the leverage in the world, but the chiefs have moved on from some guys with Patrick Mahomes contract and Patrick Mahomes brings up guys like Chris Jones, and Travis Kelsey and Jarius Sneed. Interestingly enough, earlier this year is reasons, you know, that wanting to keep all these good players around them. Patrick Mahomes had like, it's almost like I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes has to sign off on that deal, but what kind of message does that send to Patrick Mahomes? If they're not able, if they're, if they're missing on a guy like Chris Jones and not keeping him within the building either. Like, and I know that's a little bit of a, like maybe not necessarily the same kind of dis discussion we're having, but these are the things I'm thinking about when I'm listening to, or when I, when I'm paying attention to this Chris Jones situation, I have some thoughts on life after Chris Jones, if it does get to that too, but I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know if it's like, I, I don't, I don't know if Chris Jones has as much leverage as he thinks because this team has definitely operated on a very strict, stringent group of terms with a lot of people, I just feel like they should have something done by now if it's close. And that's, that's the thing that's, that's giving me a little pause right now. Well, let's go to the impact. I think you mentioned the impact kind of on like maybe somebody like Mahomes or the rest of the team and the message that sends boy, Mahomes, Kelsey, these guys have kind of taken some pretty team friendly ish mm. deals to yeah. be on the team roster. Right. So if that is being offered 
and it's being rejected. One, I have no qualms with Chris Jones or any player ever rejecting a deal that is, does not maximize the absolute most money they can get. That's fine. That's very much what they deserve given what they go through. But I don't know if you can be too worried about that message to these other guys if that has been offered to somebody else and they have decided not to take it. That's and fair. then I don't know if Craig had something else to jump in before we talked about potential future without Chris Jones. I mean, I, I, there, there's just... Yeah, we we can get into potential future okay. without Chris Jones. We okay. we can jump in unless Kent's got something here. Yeah, no, I I want to I want to move on to the future with with if they're if they are to move on. First off, this I again reiterating should not trade, will not trade him before the season. I think that would be a ridiculous idea. I Correct. think you can't build a plan for a a championship roster and on the fly move on from somebody like Chris Jones in July. So I think that's a ridiculous idea. Um. If it would have happened in March, this is a completely different scenario. Yes, correct. Yes. And so when you're talking about life without after Chris Jones, for our purpose here, we're talking about next year, not this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a very yes. important point here because I think that some people start to think, oh, they're not going to extend Chris Jones. He's not going to play for him this year. They're going to move him right now. I see very, very unlikely that would ever happen. So this is a move that would happen next offseason, whether it's just losing him to free agency or some kind yes. of tag and trade potential thing going on next off season. Right. Okay. So, okay. Well, let me, can I, can I jump in here real quick with this? The you thought? can set it up Thank however you. you want, buddy. I just have like a big thought that I want to get off my chest that I almost got off there earlier. I look at, if you, if you don't pay Chris Jones this year, you're getting contract year, Chris Jones on the right side of 30. You are probably getting a, if he stays healthy, which again, you're hoping he stays healthy regardless of what happens. Um, if he stays healthy and you get contract to your Chris Jones, you are getting a great season out of a elite player at his position. And then you're moving on from him on the wrong side of 30 via tag and trade situation. You're not paying $30 million to one single player and you can spread that cap space across other deals along the defense and look to identify a more cost controlled difference maker on your front via free agency. Uh, You can invest continuing to invest in the defensive line via the draft. There are ways that you can, you know, you can spread that money around. There is a lot of, if you don't do it, if you don't pay Chris Jones, there's, there are ways and avenues to building a continuing to build a good roster around Patrick Mahomes and, and building this team with the assets that you're likely to get for him after he goes out and has another another career year so he gets paid. So keeping that carrot in front of Chris Jones doesn't seem like a terrible you know consolation prize if they aren't able to get a deal done with him this year. Okay, so a big part of the Chris Jones um a big part of the try here with Chris Jones going forward is this. I, a lot of the argument is, well, when the Chiefs traded, it always gets equated to the Tyreek Hill situation. When mm. the Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill, there was obvious the answer was you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Travis Kelsey. They will make up for the what the hold left by Tyreek Hill because they are so good. And then we have Andy Reid. The defense does not have that. That is 100% true. The defense does not have a Patrick Mahomes or a Travis Kelsey to go through and make up for any hole left by Chris Jones. However you can very clearly see 
how the Chiefs could be thinking they are preparing for this by investing back-to-back round one picks and a defensive lineman. Mm. By signing your biggest free agency addition was another defensive lineman, a guy that has some outside-inside versatility. I'm not saying George Karloftis or Felix or Charles Omidahu or Chris Jones or would make up for what he's missing, but the Chiefs are clearly investing in guys on the defense all across the board, specifically in the defensive line position. If they went into next offseason knowing they were going to lose Chris Jones, one, they would have about $30 million extra million to spend in the free agency class, whether that is chasing after somebody like a Trey Hendrickson or a Daniil Hunter or a Leonard Williams or just whoever. Like they would have, I guess none of those guys are young. I get it. I haven't looked at the entire free agency class, but they're all good <laughs> players that won't cost as much as Chris Jones. They would have $30 million to spread around and add multiple players to fill his spot for the same amount of money. They've continued to add depth to the secondary, to the linebacker room. They have built out a really good defense of quality players around Chris Jones, where he's clearly still the star. The question becomes, if they don't know if he's going to be that star for the next three years, instead of paying him like he's going to be for sure, why don't you use that money and potentially more draft capital to continue to add more bodies? I don't think they're in a great spot to do it. But we have to remember, they have another offseason. They'd have a lot of money, more draft capital to do so next year. I don't think the team would look as bad as I think a lot of people seem to assume if they had those opportunities. If they had $30 million and a couple extra draft picks to you to replace Chris Jones, I think they could definitely field a functional, younger defense overall. It's just a matter of, you know, could they, I guess, pull it all off? And would they be better? That I don't know. We keep saying this every offseason about, oh, next year they'll have more money. Next year they're going to go out and they're going to make those splashes. Next year they're going to use this money that they freed up for X, Y, and Z so they can really target those big free agents, and they don't. like They they just (laughs) don't do that because they don't have to. They're, They're a good enough football team that they don't have to chase big money deals that often in free agency. Can't well, jump I mean, in here real quick. Well, yeah. and counterpoint though, when they need to, they do. Sure. They need no, to, I was getting ready to get into that. Yes. Okay. When there are big holes and they feel like they absolutely need to make a move, they will go ahead and they will spend on it. I.e. Joe Tooney. I.e. Jawan Taylor. I mean, like. I.e. Trying Trent Williams. I.e. Trying Trent Williams. You know, Tyron like, Matthew. Frank Clark. They will strategically target it but year after year we keep looking ahead at this free agent market we keep looking at this you can look at the market and say oh yeah christian wilkins is a is a free agent next year that would be a great guy to add to this roster his certainly cost way less than chris jones and he'd be younger he checks a lot of boxes for you know for uh for brett veach there but the reality of this is they're not going to go out and sign a guy you know that's going to make 20 to 25 million dollars as a defensive tackle they just don't do that again we look back at Tyreek Hill they had an opportunity to sign a lot of guys for a lot of money you know what they did none of that so I look at this year over year and I say hey listen we keep accumulating this money they're taking care of their own guys in-house I foresee a Creed a Bolton a Sneed you know you could you can allocate that money towards them but I don't look at this as hey tag and trade Chris Jones and you have all these assets, you have all this money that you can really spend to make your team better. In reality, it's draft picks. That's what you're getting out of that. And you are hoping that a draft pick can come in and replicate not exactly what Chris Jones is because you're not getting a first team all pro. You're just not. That's not what you get out of that. 
but you're hoping that they can fill enough of the void and build enough of the pieces around Mahomes, around the defensive pieces that are left to try and, you know, try and make up for some of that. That's not something that happens right away. So in reality, the Chris Jones thing, yes, totally agree with that. Paying him that amount of money, it does potentially make you worse in the future if the decline happens. But in the same token, I don't think we can sit here and just say, oh, they're going to go out and spend, you know, $15 million a year on these two guys in free agency next year to make them better when they haven't historically done that. And I think another piece of all this, it's like, we're talking about what they could do with that money, you know, if they don't sign Chris Jones. And I'm going to speak up both sides of my mouth. I think Creed Humphrey's a blue chip center. Mm -hmm. I think Nick Bolton is a very good linebacker. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm as like, if, if the, if the logic is we're going to move on from Chris Jones so we can retain those two players. I don't know if I'm like doing backflips over that process necessarily, if that makes sense. Now I won't, especially like Creed Humphrey's a blue chip. And I think the chiefs will do everything they can to maintain blue chips. And like, I, that's smart because it's, and this is the whole point with the Chris Jones stuff too, where the chiefs draft and Brevi just said this a little bit. It is very hard to acquire blue chip players. Just period. It is hard to get a blue chip player. It especially is hard when you win. <laughs> yes, because you're well, that, that's exactly because they're gonna be picking in the 30s. They have a blue chip player in like a Creed Humphrey that they should keep. Then and and, and um, we can have the conversation about uh, what Nick Bolton will will um require and what the what the line should be for for both of those guys. We should have that conversation down the road. But I don't know. I just don't want the I don't want to sacrifice you know Chris Jones with the logic being well we had to pay x player x y and z necessarily because chris jones is a blue chip player that is that they're not going to find at pick 32 in the draft next year i said 32 you heard me uh we always (laughs) i just that that's where and i know people are going to come in and say chris jones was a second round pick it took a little while to get to this point guys it took well that and chris jones was not a second round talent and it wasn't i don't think he was necessarily the cleanest prospect coming out uh by some so there are reasons that sometimes a justin houston falls in the third or a chris jones falls in there are ways to get those players but sometimes there are calculated risks that are involved with guys like that so and um, so it's like the common theme that we all are afraid of and i think most fans are is how bad this defense would look without chris jones i get it but I mean, look at what the Chiefs have done the last few years, though. They've been steadily improving the defense. I mean, not just starters, but the depth behind it. They, The talent on the defensive side of the ball this season is significantly higher than it's been the last couple of years. And they, I think you could argue that they lost other guys that were supposed to be or close to blue chip players when they tried to bring them in, like a Tyron Matthew or a Frank Clark, guys that maybe didn't live up to what you wanted, but also like were still very good. Like they lost more overall top end talent than they have right now but guys they've just added so many players that they've developed and been better why can't they keep doing that without chris jones what is the one defense that's given the chiefs the most trouble in the playoffs the bengals. cincinnati bengals who's their chris jones who's their DJ chris jones? reader big lou he's not even close to chris jones no so that's he's my, not that's but dj reader is criminally sure. underrated it's big lou <laughs> is so, 
the Chiefs could easily let Chris Jones go, sign a DJ Reader level player, and save a lot of money. It's just all my point is. So, like, why? And if you look at the rest of the Bengals' defense, I don't think that their talent is significantly higher than the Chiefs outside the other 10 positions. Sure, Trey Hendrickson's probably better than any defensive end they have, but that's the last defensive lineman on their roster that's, better, that's clearly better than any of the Chiefs. I don't think their corners are better. Their safeties certainly aren't better. Now, like, where are they better? And then the Chiefs have Chris Jones, but yet the Bengals' defense presents every team they face in the playoffs a lot of problems because their defensive coordinator does great things. They play good team defense. Why can't the Chiefs do that if they were to move on from Chris Jones? Why, no, why can't they do that? And like, I get the theory is they're going to be terrible without him. I just, I don't well, know if I'm ready to chalk up the Chiefs defense to being terrible without I, Chris Jones, especially with another year. I think the truth of it is they're going to have to do this at some point in Patrick Mahomes' career too. You know, I don't think there's just always going to be a ton of blue chip interior defensive linemen just readily available for them to grab. <laughs> so like at some sure, point, no. they're probably going to you're, be playing without a blue chip interior defensive line. You're not going to find another Chris Jones, period. No. He is one of one. Like, he was the best interior defensive lineman in the league last year, bar none. I know people want to say Quinn and Williams, but it was Chris, period. Quinn's coming, but that was a top five pick. Like, that's a dude that's way up there, a guy that the Chiefs are never going to be able to sniff. So, yes, it is going to happen. They are going to have to find other ways around it. It's just they haven't found that yet. Speed round. Over under August 1, Chris Jones shows up to St. Joseph. Over under, Matthew. Uh, let's go under. Pads pads come on. I think he comes comes right around when pads come on. Okay. Craig, I'm going to uh, say under as well. He's under contract. There's a big deal. I, I mean, he's going to show up. He's still probably going to miss a few padded practices because you have that ramp-up period, but I am with you. I think that's about right. I, I think it still comes in the next week, hopefully. And uh, we'll see if they get a deal done. We're going to take a break. We'll be back after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Addy, I'll let you jump in here. You had one more Chris Jones-related thing before we moved on from Kadarius Tony. You're just absolutely ruining everything. It's okay. Here we go. What do you got, bub? <laughs> well, I wanted to shout out Bumpa here real quick for uh, hitting the Super Chat up. It's always going, guys. Uh, I said, don't pay Tyreek to pay Chris. Don't pay Chris to pay Creed and Bolton. Don't pay them to I can't keep doing this. <laughs> Listen. Fully agree. There's, there's a train there. However, Creed and Bolton aren't 28, 29 years old when yeah. this contract's coming up. Guess who got paid their first time around their contracts coming up? Tyreek and Chris. They That's both did get point. paid once by the Chiefs. So I just, I think that part is got to be thrown there. I did have a quick question. We don't got to spend a lot of time on this. If the Chiefs traded Chris Jones right now to a team, who oh. is the worst wide receiver you would take back in a one-for-one -one trade for Chris oh. Jones? Who Kid, is the worst I one? I I know Craig's answer. I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> we're just going to go down receiving leaders. Would you trade Chris Jones straight up right now? Take everything into consideration, money, age, everything you want for Justin Jefferson. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Tyreek Hill. No. I mean, this team already said no. So. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Stefan Diggs, 29 years no. old. No. Throw that out there. No, um, I also don't want next? Chris in Buffalo. CD Lamb. Nope. 
Whew, that's 1,400 yards so. and 10 touchdowns at 23 years old. Yikes. I would in a heartbeat. Um, Amon <laughs> Ross St. Brown. No. Same stats, essentially, as C.D. Lamb. Okay, so you, that, I, mean, that's, I don't need to go any farther. You guys no. would trade Chris Jones for no wide receivers. Okay. J.J. J- Justin Jefferson. Just it. That's it. Yeah. Yikes. And Minnesota would never do that trade. Right. And <laughs> okay. they would never do it. Yikes. Jamar Chase. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, would. Sure. A.J. Like, Brown. Yeah, I would. I would do it for a lot more guys than you guys would. Because I know. I, I am worried about the cliff of a defensive tackle falling off in one year. So the Chiefs are either going to get a lot less than what any of those wide receivers I just named for next year in free agency to get rid of Chris Jones, or they're going to pay him a whole lot of money. And I just don't know how much confidence I have that he will continue to be last year's version of Chris Jones for that much money. That's That's fair. That's fair. And to kind of tag this up and it will go right bad for me. I just want to say that is not good enough for me. No, thank you, Sophia. Gotcha. But I want to tag this up and it'll kind of transition into what we're getting ready to talk about here. Chris Jones is so important to this team because this team is relying on its defense to kind of pick up a little bit of slack this year because of what's happening on the offensive side of the ball, because of the wide receiver position. So you have to have a truly game-breaking player in order for me to be like, yeah, that's fine with me because I'm I'm a little bit opposite of Maddie. I think this defense goes pretty far down. If Chris Jones isn't there, I don't think the pressure's there. I think Spags has to blitz more. I think that exposes some of the corners a little bit more. I think that this defense is worse than we even think without Chris Jones there. So it has to be a receiver that can help win more shootouts, which, you know, that that's like a Justin Jefferson level player for me. And, and, and I, one other quick thing, I if they don't move – like. If they do move on from Chris Jones after this year via trade, I don't necessarily hate the idea of continuing to spread assets across the entirety of the roster, including draft picks, because I do think there is something to be said about continually building depth and and talent across the sport and finding value. You're going to find more opportunities. You're going to find more Jalen Watson's and Isaiah Pacheco's, and that's not a bad thing either. But uh, I think the Chiefs can still do a lot of that stuff while paying Chris Jones. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Let's talk about Kadarius Toney. Chiefs wide receiver, who, according to Adam Schefter, underwent an offseason cleanup procedure on his knee that nobody knew about in Kansas City, as far as fans are concerned. Uh, ag- like, obviously, the Chiefs did. Uh, aggravated the injury Sunday while fielding a punt and is expected to miss some time during training camp, but be ready for the start of the regular season per league sources. Okay, really quick. You guys have been to training camp a few times. Mm-hmm. Punt returns. Mm-hmm. Those normally happen like before warmups, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're just out there. So most of the time, the the punt returners are out there a little bit early, getting some work, catching some punts, right? That's before stretches. That's before team takeoff. Mm-hmm. So Kadarius Tony might not have even made it to the first practice. Yeah, I mean, that's he's what tweaked his knee. The media members were saying, "Oh, I don't think I see Kadarius Tony." out here today some of the media members that maybe missed the opening punts that you know basically said oh i don't think Kadarius is here today i wonder what happened to him <laughs> that he didn't report and you know they may again they may have just shown up a little bit late missed that opening punt thing and now all of a sudden you're missing completely the fact that he went to the medical tent so we get this report that 
you know, uh, he's missing. He's missing the opening of the very first practice. There's there was some kind of procedure that he did, which kind of might explain some of his involvement in some of the OTA stuff now and the mm-hmm. mini camp stuff. Now it makes a lot of that more clear because um, they were obviously maybe managing that a little bit. But man, in an off season where DeAndre Hopkins has been the title of this show, like. Five different times in the offseason and the debates and discussions about the wide receiver room and the things that bring us fear about what could go wrong potentially with this wide receiver room. One of the biggest fears was realized before the first practice even happened. Kadarius Tony and by the by all accounts, they're hoping he's ready for the start of the regular season. Boy, howdy. I just the ah, it's just it, it's. It's sad, it's a bummer, and it's the worst fears realized before the first practice of training camp, Matthew. Uh, first of all, um, hope Kadarius Tony is all right. Hope it's nothing serious. Hope he can get healthy and get back to camp. He had tweeted out something like the, the, the report was slightly wrong or something, and that he'll be back soon. I don't know if that was a good news or bad news. He'll be back sooner or later than what the report was. It was a little vague. So hopefully all is well and he comes back soon. That said, change is nothing. This is expected. I I don't know. This was this was expected. This is gonna happen. This was gonna happen at some point in time this year, and probably multiple times. Um, and it just this is why we had concern coming into the year of if you're touting him as a significant part of your offensive team, your offensive game plan, this specific part of your offensive, your wide receivers role playing or like their uh, the lineup. That's a problem because you can't rely on him week to week. You can't rely on him as of right now. He at no point has he shown that he can consistently get on the field. I hope he can this year. I hope he comes back and does it. But at this point, we're entering into year three. This goes back into his college career. You just can't sit here and say, I think that guy is going to play on this Sunday coming up. Doesn't matter what Sunday it is. You just can't have that confidence at this point in time. Yeah, best availability or best ability is availability, right? I mean, that's best that's availability kind of, is ability. Best availability play. is availability. That's that's yep. Craig Stout. You can put my name on that. That's another shirt that we're gonna do, guys. We're just making a whole Love bunch it. of shirts here. Um, it, it you know, and the the hard part about all of this is when Brett Veach was asked about him this offseason, what's the thing that he said? You know, we, when they were talking about the expectations for Kadarius Tony this year and we everything get that he's gonna training. bring to the table, yeah, his first thing was. Well, goal number one, get through training camp, be <laughs> healthy. And it's like, man, okay. Now, first of all, the cleanup, that makes a lot more sense. That contact, that, that's not just a shot across the bow of this guy who's very rarely healthy saying, hey, he's got to get through camp healthy. He's looking at it from the standpoint of he had a cleanup. We want to make sure that he's there and in, you know, in camp and healthy and all of that. The other part about this that really sucks. Kadarius Tony came in midseason. Kadarius Tony got a playbook and was said, "Okay, here are the nine things that you're going to do." I'm obviously oversimplifying. Everybody says he's a smart guy, picking up the playbook quickly. They certainly condensed it so that they get him on the field because he is an electric playmaker with the ball in his hands. We all agree with that. This training camp was supposed to build off of that. They've talked about that before. Like, build off of that. Learn the rest of the route tree. Learn the rest of the offense. Get integrated with some of the ways that you're going to be used as we expand your role. 
Now, all of a sudden, you're missing a bunch of reps there. Certainly, he's got mental reps. He's able to sit there, study the playbook, kind of expose himself to some of that. But being on the field with those other guys, seeing how they run the route, seeing how he needs to be there for Patrick Mahomes on this given route, he's missing that time. So, yes, it's going to be great when Kadarius Tony is on the field. But this is some of the you know the elements of, hey, is he going to evolve as a wide receiver? Is he going to take that next step as a wide receiver? This sort of injury, this sort of thing, preventing him from being at camp at all. I mean, it, we don't know if he's going to be there or not, but if he misses all of it, it might be, it might look a lot like last year. And I think the Chiefs are definitely hoping that he could be more than that and carry a little bit more of the load than maybe he You know, they, and that, to be fair, like he did get some work in this. Like, it does seem like he was around Mahomes this offseason and like they were able to get some stuff done there. And you, you said some of the mental reps, like there, there is going to be an escalation and a jump in his performance and in what they ask him to do this year. I genuinely do believe that, but it's just, it's so disconcerting and it's a bummer to see, you know, a guy that's clearly electric with the ball in his hands a guy who made some big plays last year. Uh, I don't know how many humans on the planet are going to be able to stand up on that grass that the Philadelphia Eagles keep crying about. Maybe their tears are why the field was wet. I I don't know. That's another, that's, that's something for another day, but like just being able to stay up and, and, you know, make that play on the punt return. And, you know, you saw some of the flashes and ability that he had last season it did seem like they were trending towards being able to get him involved in a very big way. And it's not like to say that they won't be able to, but it's just another, another addition to the list of concerns that you have with his availability. And man, it just, we were talking this about a little bit about this. I think I hope maybe we can go. We have like good thing is we have receipts. We can go back and maybe listen to all of our episodes about Judas Schuster last year, but it felt like he was in a better place health wise heading into last year than maybe like Kadarius Tony was. Cause we'd seen sample sizes of him producing at a high level. He hadn't had a lower in, lower body injury. I don't think in a while uh, coming, coming to Kansas City. I think he dealt with a shoulder issue. I believe his last year in Pittsburgh, but it felt like a little bit more optimism and belief that he could, you know, maybe, you know, be a more reliable target. The Chiefs don't have a guy with the track record of success on the field like a Juju Smith-Schuster this year. And it kind of feels like the Chiefs were operating with last year's plan B almost a little bit with this wide receiver group. And now they've lost Kadarius Tony, So now the burden and the onus goes on. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who... I mean, fantastic in the Bengals game and had a, a strong year. I don't know like how much growth and, and how much you're going to be able to change with him as a route runner and what he, what he's asked to do. The burden's going to fall big time on Sky Moore and Rashi Rice now. And I I talked about I tw- I X'd about this earlier. I, I, I Ugh, about don't this. do that. No. Uh, <laughs> I tweeted about this from Thank Kemper you. Arena last or earlier today. Did you thread it? Did you thread it? Did you thread the needle? Uh, I didn't. Um, but last year we saw this defense get thrown to the fire with a lot of rookies. They might just need to throw Sky and Rashi into the fire. Andy would never. 
I think Andy will never throw an unready guy in there. There is no, there is no version of Andy's no. offense where they can oh, just play static no, no. cover two for the wide receivers. So let these rookies just fight for their life. This it's isn't impossible. what I'm. This isn't what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they just might just need need to be a different kind of urgency and onus on this coaching staff to get those two ready quicker and push on these guys to. <laughs> to achieve that a little bit faster than they put more pressure to get that done is all I'm saying. So, so okay. Um, I, I think we should turn to like the sky more than the Rasheed Rice of the whole thing here. Um, if all accounts, both have looked very good so far early in training camp. And that's exactly what you want to hear. Uh, sky more specifically has, they've talked to the coaches have talked about it. And then he's come up and talked about how much more comfortable he feels this year at this point in time compared to last year, even during the season, learning the playbook, understanding where Mahomes wants him to be, how Mahomes wants him to read this out, what his adjustments are for this and that. So I think if you want to look directly at one person that has to step up, that needs to be quote unquote thrown to the fire, it's Sky Moore. I don't think it's thrown to the fire anymore. They're expecting him to now be ready. He's kind of expecting himself to be ready. And I think that's a fair thing for us as fans to expect. I think that is fair for us this year to think, okay, last year was the learning curve of a guy coming from Western Michigan after three seasons and played running back and quarterback in high school before that to learn one of the most complicated wide receiver playbooks in the entire <laughs> NFL in one season. I think a slow drag along was probably should have been more expected than we all gave real credit to. So this year that's gone. Now he's been here. I think Sky Moore should have, I don't want to say massive, but he should have a little bit more expectations on him. We should expect a little bit more out of him. It's up to him to still go out there and do it, but it sounds like it is going the direction. Yes. I don't know. Blaine Gabbert's got them thighs out too right now. He's he's, in, he's contending. Um, but yeah, so Sky Moore is the guy that I think has to make the big step. I'm excited for what Rice has shown, but Sky Moore is the guy that, is at this point where he has to step forward. They should push him out there. They should throw him out there and see if he can sink or swim because they have to know now. He's had a year to get accustomed to the playbook. He's had a year to learn. He spent a lot of time this offseason working with Mahomes. It wasn't just for a week or two or a couple workouts. He spent a lot of time down there working with them, and I think that was very purposeful. A lot of what they're saying is very purposeful. He's going to get a chance to be that guy, and everything we've seen says that he's going to take a step forward. It's just how big of a step. Is he going to step into the Juju Smith-Schuster shoes or is he going to step into the McCole Hardman shoes? And I don't mean like his exact role. I just mean the level of production, the type of player he is for the offense. Is he just a guy that is getting specific packages drawn up that has the occasional pop game or is he going to be the consistent guy that shows up week in and week out and does what they need? He is that guy that has to do it this year. And I, I think that's fair to want that from him and expect that from him, both from a fan and the team perspective. Yeah, the, the the Juju replacement role just kind of makes sense with his skill set. I, I I know we've said that multiple times. I think that that is a like enough for like, you know, kind of replacement there. Sky's obviously not going to come out there and put up the same numbers as Juju. I don't place that expectation on him at all. But some of the ways that he can manipulate defenses, the ways that he can win, it makes a lot of sense to kind of put him into some of those similar roles. And he's said everything right so far and is doing everything right so far on the field. This is one of those that we talk about a lot. This is geared towards the receivers. Camp is, just plain and simple, is geared towards the receivers. If you hear the defense is having a good day, if the DBs are having a good day, 
that's a big yikes for the receivers because it's very clearly slanted towards them. That being said, Sky Moore routinely making plays, routinely popping, routinely showing up, and then getting a day two podium with Travis Kelsey, Steve Spagnolo, you know, uh, with Trent McDuffie. Like those are guys that when you look at the team, you think of guys that are going to play significant roles for their respective, you know, sides of the ball. Steve Spagnolo is obviously the defensive coordinator. That's a good group for Sky Moore to be in. That's the one that you want him to be in because he's stepping into that role. He's showing more confidence in his ability. He's showing an ability to perform on the field. And I do wonder if some of what we saw last year was completely sidelined by those early season special teams reps. I think, mm. you know, the the fumbles, the, you know, the the stuff that happened when he was being a punt returner, I can certainly see that getting in his head. And I can certainly see the coaching staff maybe saying, hey, let's let's put an increased focus on you returning punts. They really, really tried to have him stay out there and be out there for a long time. It could have been that they reduced his role in the offense to get him up to speed, to build that confidence, because the last thing Andy wants to do is bring a rookie in, put him in a role, and then immediately remove him and tear him down. That is terrible for your confidence. That is terrible for you know your mental state playing fast on the field. He's going into this season without that expectation. He is going in with a very clear and defined role on this offense. And I can see how that alone might be enough to make him feel certainly more comfortable than he did last year. I am quite excited to get eyes on Sky Moore and Rashi Rice sooner rather than later. Um, both utilization, where they're being asked to play, what they're doing, some positive indicators early on so far from both of them. Um, you're seeing them win how they've won in the past when you've seen some of their high-level moments. And it does sound like there is some chemistry that has developed between Patrick Mahomes and Sky Moore already, too, for sure. Going to be a lot of fun to check shout these guys out. Rash, shout out Rasheed Rice for bouncing back from a rough first day, too. I mean, like, we have just haven't talked about him on anything since. Like, good for him to bounce back and have a couple good practices after throwing up that first day, right? Like, it sounds like he's done a really good job, and we've all seen the catches. Won the um, conditioning test. Won mm -hmm. the condition. Maybe that's why he threw up. Maybe he was challenging himself to win the conditioning catch. He threw up. Been there before. Would do it every <laughs> time too if it was there was a potential competition. Um, Maddie, I can assure you, I would never do that. <laughs> Shout Scared out to DJ. compete. Not a dog. He's a cat. Um. Richie James, shout out Richie James, made some nice plays too. We're talking about wide receiver room. You know, that is the one veteran they brought in. You want to also add somebody into the mix that could be eating into some of the vacated space from Juju Smith-Schuster. Richie James operates over the middle of the field relatively well, especially out of the slot. You know, they, they got some options there, and the guys that they are hoping to step up, the Rices, the Skymores, the Richie James, early on without padded practices have looked like they are kind of kind of on their way to doing that. We're, uh, we're going to be watching everything that happens here at training camp. We're going to be reacting to any of the news that comes out of there. We are beyond excited to be talking about football again and new storylines and all that good stuff. Hopefully, we get some resolution on some of the things we got done talking about today. We'll be back on Thursday. Well, Craig and Maddie will be back on Thursday. Uh, uh, yeah, I yeah, will Hollywood. not be. Yeah, I know. But uh, I'll see you guys Monday. That's good for the Casey Laboratory. Thank you. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button 
and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.